Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 167, Windmills of My Mind. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play message number 26 from Chris Pearson. The message is 1 minute 43 seconds long and comes from the spring of 1990. Here we go. What do you say? Hey, oh, what do you know? Ch-ch-ch-ch-changes Try to keep us strange Days and blue By you, blue moon Oh, I'm in the windmills Of my mind In the bushes Oh, I've got a never-ending love For you I could cry, crying over you are the sun, you are the moon, you are the wind, you are the rain, I am the tune, play me, 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 standing on the corner, give it all the girls, the I am the walrus, coo-coo-coo-choo, coochie-coochie-coo, coochie-coochie-coo, Coochie, coochie, coo, goo, 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 go, 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 It's funny, I knew what the next song was going to be when I started hearing the message. I don't know if it's because I remember it or if I'm still the same warped brain. I mean, this is obviously a medley of famous songs and our songs, your songs and mine. And, you know, the songs that are not rock and roll songs and not our songs, the windmills of your mind and all of those. I'm sure that they either came from some songbook that I had bought or possibly some albums I had maybe borrowed from you or, or gotten at a thrift store as well. The windmills of my mind, I think, was Rod McEwen. I remember I was so into Rod McEwen. I stayed at your house one time and there was this one album I borrowed. I don't like how did you get into Rod McEwen? The album covers were so goofy. It's possible I might have bought them just for the cover and paid about a quarter for them. Now, can you remember the first guitar you had? Some kid gave it to me when I was in high school. I think he owed me some money. It was a Yamaha, and I had that for years. I mean, I played that same one from bed. one point. I had glued fake fur on it. I think before I had the guitar, I had a mandolin. I've got no idea why I I wanted the mandolin, and my parents knew nothing about instruments. Maybe it was a a Beatles album that had a mandolin on it? You know what? I I wanted to play Vivaldi. I got a record player and, you know, also probably a Christmas present. I think my dad got it for me. It was one of those record players without the arms where the the needle would go across. When when he gave me the record player, he's like, hey, you know, here's the record player you wanted. And I think with the record player, he said, and here's some albums for you that you need to know. I think that's where I got Vivaldi. 
And, and my friend John Fisher, he was a friend of mine from my high school. He said that I did it for the girls. He said, I, I thought, you know, if I hung out, or I, you know, I went away to a boarding school. So there's lots of outdoor space. It was, you know, there's a campus there. And I had this idea where I'd hang out with my mandolin and play Vivaldi, like, you know, under a tree. And the girls would all come flocking to me. It, it actually worked pretty well, but I never learned Vivaldi. The image of Chris playing a mandolin under a tree evokes the tradition of medieval troubadours seducing young maidens with romantic lyrics. And this tradition had perhaps its greatest late 20th century representation in the work of Rod McEwen. The album that I borrowed from Chris, which introduced me to this balladeer, was Time of Desire from 1958, whose cover contains a painting of a man sitting shirtless on a chair with an empty brass bed behind him. On the record, McCune reads his poems to the backdrop of jazz guitar, a sample verse from a track called The Sounds of Night goes, They stop a moment, unable to wait. He draws her near. Their mouths are quick and hungry in public. Others look and steal away enviously. But we cannot envy. We have it all. My reaction when first hearing this was similar to the sensation I had when I first tried French silk pie. I had no idea something could be so perfectly delicious. Each verse seemed to top the last in its cream cheesiness, to the point where I felt the need to limit my intake or burst into sugary tears. Born in 1933, Rod McCune had a brief career in Hollywood before becoming one of the best-selling poets of the 1960s and 70s. He also recorded more than 200 albums, both singing and reciting poetry to a mix of instruments. Despite his popularity, or maybe because of it, he was frequently panned by critics and labeled the king of kitsch. Margot Hentoff, in a 1971 essay for the New York Review of Books, wrote, McCune is so devitalized a singer, so bad a poet, so without wit or tune, that one can only consider his monumental nationwide popularity as a kind of counter-counter-cultural phenomenon. Yet, as philosopher Robert Solomon has pointed out, while kitsch is labeled bad art, it often reveals technical virtuosity. In my discussion of Lawrence Welk in previous episodes, I have noted the great skill demonstrated by many of his performers. And likewise, McCune was certainly a master of his craft. His artistry was acknowledged by his two Academy Award nominations for Best Original Song, in 1969 for The Prime of Miss Jean Brody, and 1970, for A Boy Named Charlie Brown. He also received a 1968 Best Spoken Word Album Grammy for Lonesome Cities. The Academy Award for Best Original Song in 1968 was Windmills of Your Mind. 
but that was performed by Noel Harrison, not Rod McCune. Like Lawrence Welk, McCune is also scolded for his sincere sentimentality. But McCune had the capacity to work in a more acerbic vein, especially in his collaborations with Belgian singer Jacques Brel. When I was a kid, the first record I owned was Terry Jack's 1974 hit, Seasons in the Sun. I had no idea at the time that the song was based on Jacques Brel's 1961 Le Morabon, originally translated by Rod McCune. Beyond his work as poet and musician, McCune is notable for his support of gay rights, joining the Mattachine Society in the early 50s and, in the 1970s, mocking Orange Juice spokeswoman and gay rights opponent Anita Bryant with the song Don't Drink the Orange Juice. McCune spent his final years in his enormous Beverly Hills home, which for one visitor resembled Gloria Swanson's memorabilia cluttered mansion in Sunset Boulevard. And when he died in 2015, some considered him, like Swanson, a relic from a different age. But in my opinion, for pure joy, Watching Cats on YouTube cannot top listening to a poem by Rod McCune. If you want to romance me with poetry, go to my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Many thanks to Chris for his gallantry. And thank you for listening. Talk to you next week.